You're listening to a 9to5.cc podcast. Hey everyone, just a quick reminder that if you're going to be making any purchases on Amazon.com, Amazon.ca, or Zazzle.com, please go to www.9to5.cc first and click the links in the sidebar or at the bottom of the page to support the site. It makes no difference to you, but it really helps us out a lot. Enjoy the show. Thanks. Possibly. The I'm not going to welcome you because it'd be silly because I welcome you in a minute. What do we talk about? 9to5. Scott. We say our final goodbyes to Wes Craven. We talk about John Stewart and Stephen Amell in the World Wrestling Entertainment. And then we talk about Discworld's final book, Shepherd's Crown. John. We talk about Drizdo Erdin versus Batman, and we talk about Barack Obama, who's not a dark elf, but is concerned about the environment. We not talk Irish. About, we talk about Age of Ultron and sassy, sassy robots, and Oculus, the Haunted Mirror murder family movie you should not see. All this and I feel like a little bit more on the <laughs> 9 to 5 entertainment system. <laughs> Welcome, everybody. Come one, come all Four. to the 9 to 5 entertainment system. You can't start off with welcome because you're going to start off with welcome before. Fuck. Well, you're double welcoming everybody. Yeah, exactly. You know, it's you're like. You sound like such an idiot. I don't care. Is this a change like from the normal <laughs> status? You're going to uh, sound like such an idiot right off the bat. Okay, but I feel that. Longtime listeners of the show are aware that my idiot status is <laughs> fucking intro locked. Is uh-huh. I'm going to make John do the intro in the intro what? bit, so Fuck he's that. going to welcome you to the intro, uh-huh. then I'm going to welcome you to the main course of the show. And we have a sad main course today. It is. We were talking about this. Scott and I rode the bus here together uh-huh. and rode the bus here to my home. Um, Wes Craven. Yep. Hollywood horror legend died at, I want to say, 73 of... Brain cancer. Yes. I actually read somewhere of complications with brain cancer, and I was like, I feel that brain cancer is complicated enough. If you're that 73 the word <laughs> and you have brain cancer, like, something's going to get the you. The word complications seemed a little <laughs> unnecessary. Just, yeah. You, you had brain cancer, and I don't, I don't, did anyone know to check the mortality rate? I feel like that's got to be one of the ones that gets you. Like, I think it really depends on the type of brain cancer. I feel like there's probably, but like, a just how much of, of the brain can, like, cancer, like, the main treatment is removing the thing well i'm actually the in the middle of a book on gerontology and it turns out as you get into that age you actually your brain actually physically shrinks so that there's a lot of space inside the skull okay it's why falling down is like so dangerous to old people because l- their brain literally can like bounce around inside their skull mm. yeah and so if you have a metastasizing tumor in there maybe there's more space for it maybe Anyway. Says somebody who knows literally nothing about, <laughs> about brain surgery. cancer. How much of the book have you read? You're like, oh, the the forward. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. The book Dust is about jacket. other stuff. Dust uh, jacket. Dust jacket. Yeah. So yeah. So Wes Craven. Uh, we were the one thing that we were talking about. I mean, yeah. Um, people that have two like franchises credited to them. Not just like two big movies, two but big franchises. Like not small franchises either. Like, like Nightmare on Elm Street and Scream. Scream. Scream was fucking big. Like we think about it as being like a goofy fun movie. They were hundred million dollar fucking movies. Yeah. Like they were big. The first two were over hundred seventy. Yeah. Big big movies. That's a and, lot of money. And at a time when horror movies were nothing. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. It was. Had, well, it, it's credited with the on. like modern renaissance of horror movie. Yeah. So and also Nightmare on Elm Street, which is like a eighties. Like in modern the ha- renaissance, yeah, of horror. like he had two renaissances well, of horror movies. So this is kind of cool. Like so I, we talked about it. Like it, people who have been involved with franchises, yeah, and we were like, 
Stallone. Okay. Lucas. That was what we Spielberg. Yeah, but what, what which franchise? He did Jaws Spielberg. one and then didn't touch mm, it again. I guess that's true. Then he did Indy, right? Which yeah, Indiana did. Jones was the one that I was thinking of. But what would be another franchise? Yeah, yeah Jurassic like, Park. But again, no, he wasn't. Oh, involved he did in that. two. Did he do? He did both. He did the first and the second, right? Did he do the second? Hmm. Oh, Spielberg might have Jurassic one. Park because yeah. I mean, Wes Craven yeah, didn't do all the nightmares. Like he did no, all no, screens, no, 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 but yeah. like Stallone did Rocky, Rambo, and then The Expendables. Sure. Yeah, so oh yeah, yeah. and those were those were like Stallone driven. Also, I, that's, yeah. that's pretty fair. Exactly. Like, Lucas as a, did indie and Star Wars. Yeah, as as an as act, writer. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. yeah exactly. As an actor, there was Harrison Ford who has indie and Han Solo. Sure. But yeah, there's not a lot of people that have like driven creatively, g- creatively multiple franchises. And right. then they, they they also the list is like pretty intense. Also, right, Last House on the left. Mm-hmm. Uh, Hills Have Eyes, like these yeah. are uh, those are major landmark horror films, exactly. right? Swamp Thing, yep. Twilight Zone movie, huh? Uh, we're like skipping past Night Run on the Street. The People Next Door, I remember pretty good. People Under the Stairs was good. Yep. What else we have here? Shocker. Did he do this, Shocker? He did Shocker. It's Wes Craven Shocker. <laughs> Wishmaster. Oh, oh man, yeah. I love Wishmaster. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that movie is so awesomely bad. Shocker isn't here. He must be. It must be on here. It's definitely there. What else? It was Creighton's? touted so high. It was going to be the next. Vampire fight. in Brooklyn? What? Remember Vampire in Brooklyn? No. Vampire in Brooklyn w- made more money than a lot of his other movies. I'm sure it did. Just, I, looked, I looked up his list on Box Office Mojo and was just shocked at how many of these great movies made no money. So he's not actually listed here as Shocker. It might have just been a producing credit, right? It might hmm. be like Wes Craven's Shocker. And like the way that nothing to the do way that it. it's like Tim Burton's Nightmare Before Christmas, even though Tim Burton was like, I had this idea, and then walked away from the project. Right. Like, well, didn't walk away from it, but just was doing other shit. Shocker's not here. I'm I'm pretty sure it's Shocker. Right? Oh no, I found it. Shocker. Oh there man, he go. did the trifecta on it. He wrote that shit. He <laughs> produced it and he directed it. <laughs> Sorry, I missed Shocker. An evil prisoner who is electrocuted, who then kills people through electricity. Sort of like the Green Mile, right? Yeah. So. Pretty much exactly like the Green Mile. <laughs> Funny story. Five or six years ago, I got to meet Wes Craven in like an actual like sit down, have a beer with Wes Craven. Prove it in a non-digitally retouched photo. I know. <laughs> there is that digitally retouched photo of me with Wes Craven that uh-huh. I have kicking around that I'm now going to frame. Did I you podcast it? I huh? think so. No, 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 no. We didn't podcast he this. He just, just wore a lime green shirt to take a photo in front of a lime green backdrop. Wow. <laughs> I didn't know that. Okay. So here's the story. Of <laughs> wow, how I, buddy. How I ended up meeting Wes Craven and having a beer with him uh-huh. was a buddy of mine had uh, paid for the super ultra deluxe Wes Craven package at Fan Expo, uh-huh. which came with like a photo session with him and also like this thing where it was like a meet and greet, a meet and greet, but it was like a meet and greet at a bar where you like sat down with him and his wife. Like it was like a table for four. And everybody in, like, little groups of two got to sit down and just chat with him for, like, 10, 15 minutes, just, wow. like, whatever. And his buddy bailed on it at the last minute, and he was like, do you want to come to Fan Expo? I'm going to Toronto. To uh, meet Wes Craven. To meet Wes Craven. And he's like, it's super last minute. I will charge you the price of the normal ticket right. to do all this Wes Craven shenanigans and go to Fan Expo. That's fucking like, amazing. I was like, done! Yeah. And so I didn't really register exactly what was involved in it. So they were like, oh, you also get this fucking 8x10 glossy photo with you and Wes Craven so I was like super sweet and it was in front of a a green screen backdrop what did I know about fucking photos so they edited in like a brick picture or whatever so I like I pop open the photo the next day and I'm just wearing this pink shirt that I was not wearing (laughs) (laughs) I was wearing a green shirt and I was like uh 
what's up with my shirt? And the guy looked at it, and like you saw this like look of dread on his face immediately. He's like, yeah, they really should have called you. <laughs> <laughs> he was like, they do because they do like these twenty four hour turnovers of like full pr- full processing and like printing right. these eight by ten glossy. But obviously, somebody had to like CG in a shirt because you just dis- your chest disappeared. Well, exactly. Yeah. They green screened it so it looks like we're in front of like a brick wall or some shit. Yeah. And then they were like, oh. Now he's the brick wall. <laughs> yeah. So they were just sort of like fucking, I guess, just like quick color correct to the Orange. opposite mm. of neon green, which I guess is like pinkety or something. But it was just so funny because the guy was nice like, fuchsia. Yeah. The guy's like, oh, we really should have called you for this. He's like, we can like change it like and then like mail it to you later. He's like, they were probably doing this at like two or three o'clock in the morning, did a quick fix. They probably could have changed the shirt back, but they were like, they run through like hundreds of these things. Like right. if you're really unhappy with it, we will actually like fucking mail you a better one. A better one. And I was like, no, <laughs> I'm okay with wearing a pink shirt that I do not own. The time I met. Okay, West okay, but well, we're getting away from. So anyway, so, so was sitting like, down and chatting yeah. with him. Super, his, him and his wife both super, super down to earth. And we talked about like revolutionizing horror genres, like you guys said yeah. before. And he like ta- he talked about how he was like super lucky. He's like to have done it twice. Yeah, you no know, shit. and he's like, and like, and he wasn't. And it sounds kind of shitty that he's like, ha, ah, I revolutionized horror twice. He wasn't like talking like that. He was like, I just, he's like, I kind of saw where things were going, like with Hills Have Eyes and where everything, uh, like the Jason movies, even Halloween predates Freddy and stuff. And he mm-hmm. was like, it was just, how about I make the killer like funny and cool, which right. is like wasn't really a thing. And he's like, it wasn't like. He set out to be like that, but then that became such a, like, the badass horror villain became, like, fucking Freddy, and that was, like, a huge... People love Freddy. People love Freddy, and people also now are, like, used to the, like, wisecracking villain guy, who, like, wasn't... Like, I really want to look more into, like, cinema to be like, was that not a thing until 82? Like, was wise... Did he, like, invent wisecracking villain as a, like... No, I'm going to say... Definitely, Batman had that first. Yeah, but that's Joker. Yeah, that's. I guess Freddy's kind of like a Joker. Okay, okay, hold on, hold on. but Batman has is not horror. No, no, and but before that. Period. No, no, I'm saying, so but like, as, but villain. Yeah, like it wasn't all man in the black hat doesn't talk, shoots you, and right. and walks away. There were Joker's fair. Joker's there were character fair. villains there. Okay, Joker, Green Goblin. Yeah, sociopathic murderers who were also like were sociopathic murderers before eighty. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, Joker right. definitely was. was or uh, definitely in that vein. In, in Alan Moore had already like touched him. 1939 to 1950, up until the Frederick Wortham stuff. Joker is killing people all the time. Okay, okay, I didn't. And right. then I really. It, and then you get the. Uh, I was going to say like Adam West. Adam Batman West Batman is, Batman. is the my my understanding of Batman from that period. Um, yeah, before that, before Moore. before Frederick Wortham's seduction of the innocent. Okay. Uh, comics were dark, and yeah. Joker was not an exception to that. Yeah. Huh. So anyway, and then then he talked about her doing it in Scream, where he was just like, where he was like, okay, we're now at the point where he's like, especially he's like, and his inspiration for Scream mm-hmm. was coming out of the fact that you now had like horror fans. He's like, which were again not really a thing. People went to horror movies to get scared, and then throughout the '80s with like VHS stuff and the '90s and whatever, people were now watching horror movies, like laughing, laughing yeah. like the way we watch them and stuff like that, and like. And become horror movie fans, which he's like, we're not really the audience. Like, the audience was always to scare somebody. And then, regardless of how much that succeeded, the audience became super self aware of all the tropes and all the everything. So he's like, so what if a horror movie happened to a group of people 
Who knew that? Who are it. aware of all the fucking tropes? Right. And he's like, and so then like, who exist in a world where horror movies exist? Exactly. Yeah. So yeah. and that was like Scream, which then also was like, which Scream was it? Number four that had like eight fake outs at the start. It was so, so funny. good. Yeah. And even even Scream Four, I don't think we we talked about this on the bus mm-hmm. too. Yeah. Bus times at nine to five. <laughs> nine to five on the one hundred five. Anyway, we talked about this too. Scott was like, yeah, in Scream Four, and I was like, Scream Four, I don't think got the love it maybe really deserved. deserved like. Yeah. John and I watched it being like, okay, like, we owe it to ourselves to, like... We watched all fucking five leprechauns. Yeah, exactly. Six leprechauns, <laughs> we okay? We should fucking walk four screams. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. They were like... And everyone said it was, like, a down point. But I think three was a bigger down point than four. Absolutely. Four got so meta. meta and was, like, people trying to copycat the murder that was copycatted from the movie that was copycatted and then it wasn't people it was tr- people who were trying to now reinvigorate the career of the people that were in the yeah, movie it was so and it just keeps going top. like layer on layer but like Wes plays himself in the movie right isn't he like a character I think that he's in directing New Nightmare. the movie okay. he's in New Nightmare yeah but he might I think he might be the director of the like because they're now making a movie based on the events that the movie of Scream in, Scream which in the, the Scream movie, was yeah. based on the movie right, right. it just like it but it does it well. Yeah. Like it sounds weird and shitty and convoluted, but you're like, it I, handles it. We, we watched well. that, and then we were like, this was way better than we were expecting. And furthermore, cl- like Wes has been writing stories where you go into the meta for like 20 years, and so he's like, prob- possibly more skilled at that meta horror. Scream, than Scream is incredibly else. meta. Yeah, oh yeah, New, New yeah. Nightmare was also super meta too, yeah, right? Because yeah. New Nightmare is that like people's collective belief in fucking Freddy. Freddy. Has like brought him into reality, and then who's the actress? Is it Jennifer Connelly? No, not Jennifer uh, Connelly. The girl from the first one. Yeah, one yeah. of the one of the last the last girl from the first one uh, is now being haunted by Freddie because Freddie can't really differentiate. Even though she's playing the actress who played the girl yes, in the exactly, first movie. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Even though she's the actress who played the girl in the first one, Freddie can't really differentiate that. But he's been brought real. Because of people's belief. Yeah, exactly. Good shit, man. Super cool. Anyway, and he touted apparently. He's like the latest sort of shift. I don't know. Maybe there's kind of been other ones, but he was like, he's like the last cool thing. This was a couple of years ago. So, I mean, we talked a little bit. I don't know if we had like how aware he was of like weird French terrifying cinema, <laughs> but he's, yeah. like, he's like the last cool thing that happened in horror was 28 days later where he's like, where a thing that kind of like never happened before really, at least on a big scale was people acting like people. What do you mean? Like, people being... Like, 20 days later, there's no stereotypes. There's no whatever. There's, like, the military super shitty, but not evil. They're just shitty because they're the military. They're like, we're going to solve ourselves. There's the dad and the daughter. Mm -hmm. There's, like, there's no archetypes. There's no anything. They're just like, these are some random people that survived and go. And I was, like, kind of thinking about it. There's no jock. There's no slut. There's no prom queen. There's no... And he's, like, and that's... He's, like, a way more real... He's, like, I think the next thing is just, like... Horror. Actually murdering people. Yeah, or <laughs> happening to real people. Right. You know, as opposed to... Caricatures. Yeah, exactly. And, like, like a, a yeah. way bigger slant on, like, realistic reactions and stuff like that. Like, you know, like, if a killer comes at you, m- maybe take a swing at him. He's probably just a guy. <laughs> and stuff, you know, like, which I thought was, we, uh, you're next. Mm-hmm. Like, you're next definitely had that, right? Where there's, like, the home invasion angle, but, like, people, like, the people that are getting home invaded... Fight Get back. themselves ready, yeah. Like, they're like, shit. And, like, they're like, I'm going to stab at you with a knife because you're just a person. <laughs> you know? And it's like, instead of just, like, running upstairs, you know? and like. But, yeah. s- but Scream made so many other movies happen. Like, 
Without Scream, you don't get I Know What You Did Last Summer. Yep. You don't get... Wrong turn. <laughs> all the, uh, all oh, the... Man, there's a lot of wrong turn movies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you don't get the Final Destination movies oh, without Scream happening. Great. You're totally yeah, exactly. right. That, that was, that like was the part of the renaissance of like teen, yeah. teen horror flicks. You don't get The Faculty. You don't, you don't get, get the Remember how fucking yeah. good the fact that he was? The best. Yeah. Poor John Stewart. <laughs> <laughs> Poor John Stewart. He was he in gets, the faculty. He gets the faculty. Yeah, <laughs> his fingers cut off. Such a star-studded <laughs> film for like no fucking reason. Faculty's great. Yeah. Oh, man. So John Stewart is is done. He finished his run. Yep. And then immediately transitioned to wrestling. Immediately transitioned. Did you hear him? What no. happened in wrestling? What is he doing in wrestling? So this is about, John, John Stewart is a legitimately... Huge wrestling fan, really like, has been all of his life. Oh, mm, 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 <laughs> he is. <laughs> he watches wrestling. Uh, we, we've discussed this, John. There's Jesus a level Christ. of and, we have to discuss this every fucking. There's a level podcast. of enjoyment of wrestling that can happen that maybe you don't have, but it yep. can happen by people who aren't just like fucking like slack jawed like clap hands uh-huh. and whatever. Slack jawed clap hands. So. <laughs> 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 oh, as a t-shirt Scott remember <laughs> <laughs> slash on clap hands <laughs> with John Stewart <laughs> anyway so like as an example of John Stewart's like thing of fandom uh-huh. when the Undertaker streak got broken like while he was had the show he like took it like took a moment out of his daily show he's like I know this isn't for my audience I know most of you won't give a shit most of you will like probably judge me for this but come on, <laughs> Brock Lesnar beating Undertaker. That's not how you go down, Undertaker. That's yeah. not like, it just like had like a 30 second just rant. Like it's not even funny. It's just yeah. him like yelling at the WWE for their poor creative choice. Of okay, okay, so now he's involved in the WWE. So, so the last six months, he started ranting on the current WWE champion, Seth Rollins. Seth Rollins. Okay. And just calling him out for being a heel. Just like, you're a jerk. You don't deserve the title. Like, not on his it. show. Like on Twitter and stuff. Okay, like okay, that. Yeah. He wasn't actually yeah, yeah. wasting Daily Show time for that That's particular. In, until Seth Rollins showed up on the Daily Show yeah. and threatened him. Whoa! He's yeah. like, "Yeah, Seth Rollins, you suck." And then Seth Rollins, he's right behind me, isn't he? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Go. Um, then John Cena has his match against Seth Rollins well, at SummerSlam. They announce he retires, mm-hmm. and then they announce like a big news. He's going to host SummerSlam. Celebrity ho- guest. Celebrity host. guest host. Okay. And a few things happened. He opened up with kind of a weakish comedy setting like thing where fans really didn't get on board with him, and because I, I don't think a lot of wrestling, wrestling fans, fans are, are John Stewart. Fans. Exactly. I don't think a lot of wrestling fans are John Stewart fans. Yeah, exactly. Well, and the know, reverse can be true, and sure. know that he's a wrestling fan. Yeah, you know, because like they do a lot of things where they put guys in the ring with a mic, and it's just fucking garbage. Yeah, like. Um, where that went so so, then he did kind of a little comedy bit with the like backstage where just like the Undertaker walks by and there's a blackout as the Undertaker goes by and that was like eh, so so. Then he goes up to Paul Heyman and like cuts a promo on Paul Heyman that like Walter and I was like that was an amazing fucking promo. He was just sort of like he's like he's like my client like Paul Heyman's like my client beat the streak. He's like do you want to know about streaks? He's like Joe DiMaggio had a streak. Do you know who nobody everybody remembers? Joe DiMaggio. Do you know who nobody remembers? The guy that broke his streak. You know, and he's just, like, on and on, like, right up in Heyman's face and whatever. And we're like, oh, fuck, like, Jon Stewart, like, cut a sick promo against Paul Heyman, who's a famous speaker. Famous wrestling speaker. Okay. And his whole thing was, again, like, how the streak went down and whatever. So John Cena's having his match against Seth Rollins. And then, again, Jon Stewart has been calling out for Mm -hmm. months now. Yeah. If Seth Rollins wins... Or no, if John Cena wins... It'll be his 16th world title. 
which will which will tie Ric Flair. Yeah. So currently, mm-hmm. Ric Flair is the only person that's had 16 world titles. Okay. John Cena and a couple of other guys are at 15. Nobody's cut. I think um, Trips might be at 15 too. Okay. So like, maybe Edge. No, just not there. Anyway, either way, like it's used to be very, very hot, like big, big gap between Flair and anybody, and I think Triple H and John Cena hit it. Okay. So if John Cena wins this match, he becomes a 16-time world champion. John Stewart just runs out, hits John Cena with a chair, <laughs> and then Seth Rollins wins, and now Seth Rollins is the only un- first ever United uh, US heavyweight and U.S. Cha- yeah. champion. Okay. So then, why does he? It was a title versus title match. Title versus title. Okay, but no, no, no. But why? Why does uh, Stewart flip? So, so he comes out the next day on Monday yeah. Night Raw, yeah, and he says, "I love Ric Flair. Ric Flair is the greatest of all time, mm. and John Cena does not deserve to be tied with Ric Flair." Yeah, and Ric Crazy. Flair is just like, "That's ridiculous." You know, I like John Cena. I think he can he can take stand the, up take here it, with yeah. me. Huh. And then John Cena comes out and fucking hits John Stewart with his finishing move. Nice. Yeah, he's like a fifty year old. Five foot six Jewish guy. <laughs> he, just, he just crushes him. It's super funny. Yeah. It's super weird, though. It's just yeah, like, and people how, like it? turned on. Like I was like, are they turning him heel or not? I don't, I don't understand. Know. Like, is he the good guy really for that? Weird. Like, it's super weird. Everyone's like, they even talked about it on the show. They were like, do you know what people are tweeting about you, John Cena? They're tweeting that you just assaulted a fifty-year-old man. <laughs> <laughs> like, they were like, you're a sore loser. You need to like be ejected from the arena. <laughs> <laughs> and which was also hilarious because people were talking about it on Squared Circle. It was so funny. And they were like, John Cena is so kayfabe face that when he gets ejected from the arena, he doesn't come back. Because <laughs> he doesn't. He totally he just go home. Just go home. Think about what his actions. He sent me home and just leave. Because, I mean, it's like a long-standing like, wrestling trope that if you eject someone from the arena, they run, they back. run back in the final segment. John Cena totally doesn't because he's such a face. <laughs> Anyway, uh, yeah, so Don Stewart wasn't back the next week, but he said that he's open to possibly doing other stuff. There's a lot of talk that uh, he might become the GM. That's awesome. He might become a celebrity GM for a little bit and run some storylines. Mm-hmm. I was like, I want a career and where I can retire and then immediately be on TV and wrestling. <laughs> Freddie Prince awesome. Jr. Freddie huh? Prince Jr. Yeah, but he didn't get to be on TV and wrestling. He just got to write wrestling. <laughs> But it comes Freddie back. Prince Jr. writes wrestling? He comes did back for to years. Scream, were you about to say Yeah, that? yeah. yeah. <laughs> like it, it just comes comes yeah. back on there in those horror movies. Huh. Yeah. Uh, he also does also a whole lot of voice work for uh, video games. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Also, at SummerSlam, Stephen Amell, who plays Arrow, the Green Arrow on the Arrow mm-hmm. TV show, had the best celebrity participation in a wrestling match. Up there. him, Him and probably Mayweather. Mayweather wasn't really a wrestling match; it was a boxing match. But at least against lo- the Big Show, that but it at least like looked it at least thing. looked like a fight. Like most celebrity participation matches are like the celebrity like will maybe do a hip toss, right? Like at Mike Tyson, a clothesline punch, and a guy. Yeah, exactly. Mike Tyson does down. a single. Even like Mike Tyson does like a single punch, or whatever. Yeah. It's like yeah. one move, and that's it. Like Snooki did a, a cartwheel flippity jump thing. Like Snooki? one move. Snooki from, from the... Uh, Jersey Shore? The Seriously? Shore. Yeah, she was in a match. Wow. Okay. Stephen right. Amell trained for weeks before getting into this match yeah. and, like, went off the top rope to the outside. Cool. And, and like, did, did a couple moves, whatever. Like, it, all of them... It was kind of cool because, like, everybody, like, he sold really hard. Yeah. Like, every time he got hit, he was like, boom, and, like, got, like, crumpled and stuff. And they were like, that's kind of smart because they're like, he's not a wrestler. Mm-hmm. You know? So, like... doesn't get hit a whole bunch. Yeah, exactly. So, like, he, like, crumples. So, it puts the wrestlers being professionals, like, over. Like, he made a lot of his moves look really shitty and also made his hits look, like, way stiffer, like, without, like, kind of the flair. Like, <laughs> they, they worked on it pretty well that it looked like 
like a a tough acrobatic guy suddenly in a wrestling match that actually had a match. Like it looked not like he just suddenly became a wrestler, mm-hmm. but it also didn't look like he was just there as a celebrity. You know, like he actually fucking had a match that played out like a match. And it was kind of weird. The fact and also wrestled as a big fan. Like he got his own ring gear made and <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He came in. Well, and it's also he plays Green Arrow and he teamed up with Neville, whose finisher is the Red, Red Arrow. Arrow. So they did like a little pose and like and they're also against like and it's the best like kayfabe. Like th- that's a, it's a such a fucking weird meta storyline. Okay. So Cody Rhodes plays Stardust, who is a super villain character, like a maniacal. Yeah. Yeah, and like believes that he's like has like a cosmic quest and is like attacking like the heroes of WWE and whatever, and is like self acknowledged basically like he in kayfabe plays a comic book villain. Right. Right. And then when he sees like Stephen Amell, he's like. Gives, like, Stephen Amell the stink eye in the crowd. And Stephen Amell's like, I'm just an actor. And he's like... You're the Green Arrow. But you're the Green Arrow. (laughs) And I'm a (laughs) supervillain. And I'm a supervillain, and you're a superhero. (laughs) Like, basically, it's like, within kayfabe, Cody Rhodes is so into his character... That he doesn't understand that Stephen Amell is an actor. Amazing. <laughs> so I was like, it's the, I was like, this is the fucking best weird fucked up meta story ever because it's like <laughs> a guy so into his make believe gimmick uh-huh. that he believes an actor is the character that he plays on TV. And even though everyone like, and even Stardust, his bit right before his dad. Wes died, Craven approved, I think. Yeah, Wes Craven meta approved. Yeah. Like he was ripping up comic books in the ring, really mad at the Green Arrow. Wow, <laughs> not wanting to engage him. Yeah. So yeah, and, and like, and that's his whole gimmick is that he's he's too sucked into the gimmick. Like his brother Goldust was like, also a weirdo, you know, like touching his body. He's like, yeah, but it's a gimmick. This mm-hmm. is something we do for the fans. And he's like, no, I this is for real. And like his dad, Dusty Rhodes, before he died, like the last storyline going in before, uh, like Cody took sabbatical for his dad dying. Mm-hmm. Like his dad was even like backstage being like, Cody, and he's like, don't call me Cody. You know, and so like, so his gimmick is that he's too into his gimmick, right? And now he's so into his gimmick that he can't differentiate actors from superheroes on television. I thought super hilarious, delightful, mm-hmm. good times, wrestling, wrestling, and then uh, also in wrestling news, the Dudley Boys came back. Get the tables, which is very important. They're the they're the most decorated tag team. They're in every major promotion. Yeah, Acro- across all major promotions, there's sixteen. Like, it's more than that. I, I read a report that was like 27 different tag titles. Yeah, but across the big three? No, not across the big three. They were yeah. including like New Japan. And yeah, exactly. That's it. I mean, like if you count all those ones. Dude, so <laughs> we talked about this. On NXT TakeOver, Jushin Thunder Liger fought um, uh, Tyler Breeze. And they said it, like, because the NXT doesn't have quite the same level of viewership or whatever, but they were like, Jushin Thunder Liger is a holder of 42 major titles. Or <laughs> has been a champion of 42 major titles. I was like, you're the fucking best. I was like, why can they possibly say this? <laughs> Ric Flair is the... Because they hold to Ric Flair being a 16-time champion as okay. like a, the epitome of success. But Jushin Thunder Liger is like wrestled in all the promotions across the world. Oh, and all these like teeny tiny leagues. Yeah, exactly. And like there's if you Google like Jushin Thunder Liger, like all the belts. Like there's one of him. I've never even heard of this guy because most of them are like indie circuits and Japanese stuff. Whatever. This is the first time he's ever wrestled for like on big American TV. There's like he was on WCW. Jushin Liger was on WCW. I thought that was Ultimo Dragon. Um, I'm sure Liger was too. No, maybe it was WCW. That weird cruiserweight. 
Yeah. There's like a picture of him with like multiple belts hanging off his arms, like in a row, wearing three belts up his chest, like, <laughs> like belts draped over his legs, and a big trophy in the ring. <laughs> it's the fucking best. Because he was just like, apparently he went around at some point in like the 90s and was just like, I'll be the champion of your league and I'll like fucking defend the title. So like all these different indie circuits and not, they were all like, yeah, that's amazing. It's <laughs> like, that's the coolest thing in the world. Let's give him all the belts. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, they just like it was just like a weird throwaway thing. They were like Jushin Penderlager has held t- forty two championship belts. It's like ah, uh, you're the best. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so Wes Craven, you guys, yeah, very sad. I think I think mm. I feel like he said he had like another one in him. Did he? The last I one he directed so. was Scream Four, which was quite some time ago. Yeah, and it was good. It was really good. But <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Maybe I was like, maybe that was maybe it. as a writer or something. Yeah. Speaking of the deceased. So today is September 1st, 2015, which is the North American release of the last ever Discworld book by Terry Pratchett. Oh, really? Yeah, it came called... Did he, did he finish it, or was it, like, wrapped up after he finished um, So this is, like, there's a bit of a... I want to know the fucking title of it. So okay. there's a bit of a, I guess, um, Neil Gaiman says that it's not exactly the ending that Terry told him about, although whether it is... You never know. You'll never mm-hmm. really know. But, and it's like also super unclear because it's like. You know that Neil Gaiman. He's always making up stories. <laughs> <laughs> right? Anyway, but I mean, but, it's, but it is conceivable that like he talked about it with him and then. Oh, well, for sure. Didn't went, they. How went, many books do they write together? One. Just the one. But Just they've been one? they've been friends for like ever. Okay. So anyway, so yeah, Shepherd's Crown. Mm-hmm. Which is the forty one Discworld novel. And is it like actually an end to the series? Of or? sorts. A lot of people um on the Discworld subreddit mm-hmm. were like it really because it came out I think on the twenty seventh in UK and then the first in North America. Yeah. They're like it doesn't wrap the story in like any like significant way, but it kinda gives like it like touches on a lot of the more like beloved characters. Mm-hmm. So just sort of like gives you a bit of a here's how they're doing kind of like as they like kind of like go like globe trotting around on whatever like little right. like little the event. last few episodes of cheers oh yeah people come back and visit yeah mm-hmm. exactly a lot of people are saying like it's pretty pretty rough to read they're like because it's not good no no no, no because they're just it's sort of heartbreaking like, okay yeah exactly because you're like it's definitely the last one like especially if you're like a discworld fan you've been reading there's 40 of them yep like you've basically probably been reading them for most of your adult life just put on sarah mclaughlin's i will remember you as you read <laughs> it exactly and they're like and apparently the way that it like kind of gives you It'll make me hate myself that won't make me <laughs> sad and the way that it kind of gives you that little like a little bit of closure on a lot of the like top characters okay you know so they're like they're like it really feels like a last the last one that's okay. It is, it's it's, it's, me, it's yeah. totally okay, but I was like, but still, fucking forty-one. Mm-hmm. That is a shit ton of books. And then I, the, I feel like I could be wrong about this, but there was an R.A. Salvatore um, AMA, and I think he said he wrote forty-six Forgotten Realms books. Hmm. Wow. Yeah, probably all of them with Drizzt. Eh. Drizzt. So that, 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 to be fair, though, that's forty-one novels. There's the four Discworld um, science novels. Have you heard about these? You would love these, no. John. So, Discworld science books. There's four volumes of them. Okay. Which are, they're like Discworld short stories. Yeah. And then, like, actual scientific stuff explaining, like, actual science stuff vaguely related to how it really pertains in Discworld. Weird. It's super weird. And it's like, if you, like, look at the, like, contributors and stuff, it's like real scientists with, like, 
PhDs and stuff explaining other things, all kind of like framed with like. I feel like there's a bunch of video games and an RPG environment. Yeah. And like, there's a lot. There's of stuff, a lot. Yeah. So exactly. There's so there's those which that would put it to 45. Uh-huh. And I mean, and that's just his Discworld stuff, right? He wrote other things. Yeah. Besides that, but yeah, I think so. He's at 45 Discworld, plus short stories and whatever. Right. Just good omens. Yeah, plus good omens, exactly. But which is not truly a Discworld thing. Although no, no, it's the not betrayal a of betrayal thing, of death yeah. is very similar from Good Omens to to Discworld. Lots lots of nods there. Yeah, exactly. Death death is very, very similar in the two. Yeah, I was wrong. It's twenty eight. So yeah. Still a shitload. Suck a dick, R. A. Salvatore. <laughs> Man, ne- is is just the best thing or the worst thing that happened to D and D? I think it is neither. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so like sing song. <laughs> Come on, some of the worst players you've ever played Dungeons and Dragons I, with have probably read a little too much Drist. I I, I think that's a stereotype, but it, like everybody knows it's a cheesy stereotype, and so they don't. You, nobody does but it. Like nobody good does it. Well, I don't play with anybody bad. It's been a long time. A long time since they had real bad D and D experience. Well, actually, I take that back. There, I remember I was running a game in a store randomly a year ago, so there was some pretty rough stuff there. But I think like, that it's way more common than we think. Probably. Like, I mean, like we had that fucking properly knocked out of us at a pretty at, like in there, college yeah. of just sort of like, no, you're like, no, you can't have dual wield. You just can't do it. Yeah. Your character is not special or unique yet. Like he might be. Yeah. Through the course of the adventure that he goes on, but you don't start that way. And like to be fair, after twenty-eight books, it's entirely possible that some of them are pretty good. Like the later ones might be amazing. We might be missing out on well, some of the bad fantasy. ones. Must have been good too. It's just their influence was so. Yeah. Yeah, but it's, <laughs> uh, it's so many. Like I remember, I told you, like I had the free the free audio book where yeah, it's just like yeah. f- like fucking like forgotten like weird short short stories and stuff like that. They're so fucking goofy, and it's just that every. Every like every single character, and you'll probably know the names better than like I don't know, man. I only read six of the books. That's way more than I read. Okay. I listened to the audiobooks of one. Uh-huh. <laughs> like, like every single character feels like an end game character. Yeah, you know where it's just sort of like every one of them is just sort of like, and he's the best at this. Nobody can fucking match him in all the land, and this one's the best at this. Okay, but and nobody it, can th- match. Th- him. That's really like yeah. what Forgotten Realms is all about. There's all kinds of like super high level wizardy fucking. Yeah, but then nonsense. what's the fucking point of playing the players? Because you're like, oh, there's Drist. He'll save the day. It's it's like like if you're if you're playing <laughs> like, a minor, you're superhero. pretty much Xander in the Buffy Grand, no matter what you do in that universe. No, <laughs> you're playing like like a hero type character, and then fucking Batman walks by, and then like that that could be all right. It can be, but why would if, I? I'd be like, okay, Batman's. Got I feel it. like there's way more than twenty-eight Batman books. I'm going home, and he'd never fucking like. I don't know, whatever. Yeah, yeah but, but you've you, you've but not I'm, read enough of the internet of people talking about how Batman can beat people in. Yeah, the, but those, I guess that's true. Because those comic book message boards, those people are the <laughs> worst. But, I, but but also, but I'm going to say like the most exciting Batman stories are the ones where like his weakness loses. is laid bare. You yeah. know, like and Drist's weakness never seems to be laid bare. I, you, again, like it, you have to go back and read like out of the ones that I read anyway. Very often, his weaknesses are laid bare. Homework assignment. I'm not reading 28 <laughs> Dr- fucking Drist books. That is not happening. So, Google. John, Drist versus Batman. Discuss. 
Drist wins. He has magic fucking swords, and he has wait, a wait, magic wait, wait. Panther. Batman can How be... much prep time does Batman have? <laughs> that's, that's always that's always the equivalent. Because <laughs> Batman has beaten Superman, so you're talking about magic flying to space powers. Does, with... does Drist get his companions? Because he never does anything without them. David, well, does Batman, does Batman get, get Oracle time? and Robin and? And yeah. Alfred, time. Alfred can make a mean iced tea. So it's really it's the prep time. I yeah, feel that with enough prep time, Batman will like figure out a way to beat anybody with enough prep time. He beat, Maybe he beat Darkseid, who killed him. <laughs> he beat him while he was dead. <laughs> a fucking co- like a cosmic level entity of nothing but destruction. Batman beat him. While he was while dead. he was dead. <laughs> anyway, so uh, of the ones I read, I feel like this is now worthy of discussion. I read six. Okay, three of them are known as the Icewind Dale trilogy, and they're like what you're describing. They're like super corny. He's unstoppable. Blah blah blah. Where he he's running around this part of Forgotten Realms called the Icewind Dale. And then the other trilogy that I read was called the. Um, God, Dick I, I don't remember Dark Elf trilogy. I think it was Dark Elf, Elf trilogy that talked about him being born in his like childhood, growing up in dark elf cities and then escaping and whatever. And the, the dark elf trilogy was actually really fucking good. There's a whole book of him being lonely and miserable, wandering the underdark by himself, trying to like escape. What's the name of the city? It was great. Menzo Baranzan. Menzo Baranzan. Which um, they also just <laughs> now full disclosure here. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm poking fun at you, but I'm a huge Conan, the barbarian. Fan. Yeah. 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 <laughs> high, high fantasy. Right? High, sword and sorcery. Sword and sorcery. Sword and sorcery is Conan, but like Conan doesn't get beat a whole lot either. Yeah. <laughs> He, he goes up to evil snake gods and punches them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did I ever tell you my favorite He-Man? So, hold on. No, this oh, is, wait, this wait, is wait. good. You, got, you, you better be ready for this. So, Dr- Drist leaves the Underdark, and he gets trained by a blind ranger. Either a ranger or a druid. And he begins worshipping Mieleki, who is the Forgotten Realms goddess of the natural world and nature and shit like that. Listener, so, talking, maybe tune in like five minutes from yeah. now, when this is not the geekiest thing you've ever <laughs> are you Are you ready for this? <laughs> we've, gone, so, we've gone from wrestling to he's, D&D. He's, right. he's a dark elf. So, talking <laughs> about dark men who worship nature today barack obama <laughs> dropped the um the environment bomb saying that we absolutely have to get serious about the environment or we will destroy the world for our children in this yeah. huge fucking speech I, I sent a link to that in the i know you did i'm, I'm fucking transitioning <laughs> yeah so you're saying that black men <laughs> defending nature that's right I'm distancing myself from this conversation. <laughs> I don't think we have to distance wow. ourselves from this conversation, but just yeah. maybe distancing ourselves from this transition. <laughs> the conversation is, is on point. Anywho, I didn't actually watch the speech. Was it good? Yeah, I can give you. Yeah, the speech is super, super good. Hang on, just yeah. uh, talk a little bit about it. There's a, there's I, a quote that he I gives that is about like quotes. like we're we're leaving you know we're leaving a cataclysm or our children will un- be unable to to address something like that. So th- interestingly, yeah. While I look this up, <laughs> this was the first time that a sitting president visited Anchorage, Alaska. Yeah, huh? Presidents are just like got better things to do. Yeah, but it's well, Alaska. it's nice and warm now. <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> right? uh, so where am I? Permafrost is like perma slush. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. mm. I was writing down in the notes Barack Obama, and for some reason I put an apostrophe in his last name. <laughs> Like he's Irish? Like, yeah. <laughs> oh, it's the Obamas. Filled up here with your tools and the O'Reilly's. <laughs> All right, so here is it. Yep. Uh, President Barack Obama challenged fellow world leaders in unusually blunt language Monday to act boldly on climate change or condemn our children to a world they will no longer have the capacity to repair. Mm-hmm. So he opened the Glacier Conference in Alaska by declaring we are not moving fast enough. 
none of the nations represented here are moving fast enough, mm-hmm. which is just like totally true. Directly, like not being like we're hey, not, trade partners. Like yep. we're not doing all that we can or whatever. Just nobody is moving fast enough. Uh, Obama. This includes the U.S., which Obama said recognizes our role in creating this problem and embraces our role in solving it. That's pretty good. Now he says he directly attacks politicians who argue that climate change isn't real, saying they are on their own shrinking island. The time to heed the critics and the cynics and deniers is past. Entire nations will find themselves in their severe, severe problems: drought, more floods, rising sea levels, greater migration, more refugees, more scarcity, more conflict. Any leader willing to take a gamble on a future like that, any leader who refuses to take this issue seriously or treats it as a joke, is not fit to lead. Awesome. Super, like, I was like, Obama that, mic drop. Harper? Boom. Yeah. <laughs> Obama dropping the mic after that would have been the best. Pipe bomb. Yeah, exactly. Would have been, like, yeah, this this shit blows my mind. And it's like, and you, this isn't the first time where he's, like, gotten super upset about climate change. Like, like rightfully. Mm-hmm. Like, rightfully upset. Like, it's a fucking... There's no water in California, and the Pacific Northwest is on fire currently. Like, yeah. Yeah. It's a thing maybe you want to talk no, about. No. Is, isn't that because they sold all of the water in California to Nestle for $500? Did you read about Something this? Like, I thought that was in, in British Columbia. I think no, the water no, no, is no. in British Columbia. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was California. And there, mm. there's like, they, they paid for a license that expired in fucking like 1984. And then Nestle, as their defense is like, well, we've been paying the same yearly fee that we agreed to pay, which was <laughs> $585 a year for like 100 million gallons of water a year. It's some insane. Yeah. Anyway. Which they sell back to California. Absolutely. Let's, let's at, at a, like, 10 billion they percent might not. markup. They might only be able to drink Mexican water in California. Say what? Uh-huh. <laughs> While in California, this was fucking blew my mind. Uh-huh. Like, if you were to go and get a grapefruit in California, it's from Mexico, like, at the fucking grocery store. You need to go to, like, a Trader Joe's or, like, a fancier To get locally grown stuff? To get locally grown stuff. If you just go to, like, the regular, like, price shoppers or whatever... You get Mexican grapefruits, which is fucking bonkers. You can, like, look across the street and be like, there they are. Mm-hmm. Like, t- real grapefruits, which were way better. Like, we were driving through California, stopped roadside, just grabbed a bunch of grapefruits off of, like, the branches. Some guy's tree. And he's like, <laughs> hey. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. It's a fucking <laughs> orchard. God damn. Cana- border cross. Canadian. <laughs> fruit picker. <laughs> Canadian border crossers <laughs> stealing our grapefruits. Wee! Exactly. Yeah. But, like, way better. And I was like, this is the most fucked up thing in the world. And we're like, what's up with this? And they're like, it's cheaper. Let's well, compare the price of a bunch of bananas and compare the price of, a, of, like, a similar weight of apples, right? Imagine that you have to ship those fucking bananas from South America all the way up here. And the apples are grown, like, could be grown in your backyard. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and you can get bananas for much cheaper. It's yeah, exactly. Way right. much cheaper. Yeah. Yeah. But that's it. So that's what I'm saying. That they probably get Mexican water. Right. <laughs> water pumped up from the grounds of Mexico. I don't know, man. I feel like if California is having tr- trouble with drought, Mexico is probably even worse. Like, might be. Well, California is. Nevada Northern, is. Northern uh, Arizona Mexico's is. Dry as shit. Mm. Uh, All I know is that I, like Taiwan also. Washington is and Oregon are, are yeah. on fire right yeah. now. They're like. Yeah. But Taiwan also, like, they were, like, when, when the typhoon was hitting, people were, like, at least it's going to rain. Wow. Like, because they were, like, super, super low, and, like, reservoirs were super low. Like, they weren't California level, but they were still, like, they were, like, we're way below where we should be for rainfall. And that's, like, opposite side of the Pacific, right? Mm. So they're, like, I don't think any weather fucking makes any sense. We're in, like, coming up on some of the hottest days of the summer, and we are in September, and it doesn't make any sense. But that's what I read this at the beginning of the summertime, which was that... 
like due to climate change obviously yeah. people were like oh, june is all shitty and people were like september's might just be like a month of summer might summer be. it's summer yes because it's been like that the last few years though like september winter used to be started fall. yeah exactly. now winter. it's summer yeah yeah winter started a lot later that, that's always like. my like my biggest like if anyone is like unsure about climate change i'm just sort of like think back to like back to school the winter holidays mm-hmm. when you were a kid was there snow yes there was always snow like by end of december there was always like a snow pretty good chunk of snow Whereas like the past few years it's been pretty hit or miss there's been a lot of fucking decembers where sure. you're like do you it's remem- raining do you remember trick-or-treating and there being blizzards Trick-or-treating where I had to wear snow pants under your costume. Yeah, or like a... I don't remember that. You did not trick-or-treat when you were a child because it was the devil's work. (laughs) While I was performing... Do you remember hiding in the house and watching these kids walk down your street? Going bowling. Bowling, You bowled on Halloween? Bowling? Yeah. Oh, my God. That's sweet. Fucking delicious childhood experience. You went bowling every Halloween? Many of them. That sounds kind of like a ritual. (laughs) 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 Anyway, I recall... Very clearly, having to wear like like fighting with snow clothing and costumes. Yeah, exactly. I remember my mom yeah. telling me it made it look like I had mom, muscles. I don't want to wear snow pants. I want to have my bare legs out like Conan. Right, He Man. I, I went as He Man when I was, did you? I was six awesome. years old. And my mom did built you have the bowl cut? I did have a. Oh. I, had a I gotta find the pictures. I had He Man's hair when I was in 1983. Yeah. Nice. Um, and my mom made a flesh-colored suit. That would fit over my snowsuit. <laughs> and then like the bandolier and some furry That's underpants. Amazing. And was like, don't worry, Scott. It looks like it makes you look like you have more muscles. Did it? Uh, no, it made it look like I was wearing a snowsuit <laughs> under my skin. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe mom wasn't lying. Maybe yeah. mom was being true. Whatever, man. If it made the kid happy. That costume was anecdote. amazing, man. Yeah. There was an episode of He-Man where he punched a tornado. Dude. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> tornado just comes up to him and he's like... Just punches it. They're the best. You don't know that that doesn't work. I guess I don't know enough about <laughs> tornadoes to really. <laughs> <laughs> like, I feel like they would have tried it with film Twister. No, maybe in the film Hulk. Hmm. Was yeah. it like the animated Hulk? Similar like from, the Hulk similar <laughs> from the similar era as the He-Man cartoon. There was a Hulk. Remember the like... You just oh, yeah, I love yeah. that. I love that. Hulk. They're awful, dude. It had one of the best oh, theme songs. They were super even, awful you know with the that thumb song. song. With, with the screechy. Bum, bum, yeah. bum, 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 bum. I love that. I want it to be my alarm No, no, no. Now you got to sing like the, high, the high-pitched the high girl. Bum, 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 bum. Yeah, because they were like, coming through the jungle. Bum, 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 bum. Bum, 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 bum. Oh, wait. So we can have a I can do this all day. I love that song. We can have a 9 to 5 entertainment system flashback. Okay. last week because now both of you guys have seen Age of Ultron oh yeah yep so well I do was. not understand Pinions. Tony Stark's obsession with sassy robots is completely confusing <laughs> like, Jarvis is the sassy robot and you're like okay well I guess that makes sense he wants a little why the hell is Ultron a sassy robot Ultron being sassy makes no sense it makes zero sense it confused me so Even much it was all I could speaking think of to people he has no reason to speak he can just execute his plan Far more efficiently than taking the time to talk to anybody. Maybe talking to, like, his crew. Yes. In like, that case, yes. Also, I don't really understood, understand why he wanted to have a crew. Didn't really... Also, why didn't he shut down the world's infrastructure? Right. Because they're like, well, he's, he's all over the in internet. internet. <laughs> yeah, he, like, crash international markets. Everyone <laughs> becomes dependent that, on which, him. Which, again, 
I thought he would have done. It was called Age of Ultron. I was like, yeah. he's going to fucking throw the world. It, re- it really into- was the afternoon of Ultron. I know. Yeah. I, I stand by that yeah. statement. Like he, I like when it was called the Age of Ultron. Just without knowing anything about the movie, I was like, Ultron is going to shut down the world. Like planes can't take off, markets can't happen, people can't access their fucking banks. That's a legit threat. And you're like, oh fuck, the world's gonna go so upside down because ATMs ATMs stop working. People cannot buy food. Right. What yeah. Do you exactly. Do? People can't buy food. Riots. Planes Instant riots. Like yep. yeah. Millions die. Planes can't take off. Fucking you stocks can't drop. be traded. Nobody can access any of their money. Fuck, there is no money anymore. Yeah. All banks report a balance of zero. Yeah. Because Ultron did it. Like, and you'd like be if like, Tyler Durden can do it. <laughs> like, freaking Ultron can do it by thinking about it. Yeah. Nope. No. I'm going to pick up this country and drop it into the planet. Yeah, I totally didn't get that whole thing. I was barely paying attention at that point. But, but, it was just so but sassy. When he cuts and the guy's so arm sassy. off. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry. I, that, that can be fixed. I'm like, what? You're not Loki? Like, yeah. Yeah. What? And we d- we did our fact checking, and by fact checking, I mean asked Scott uh-huh. if Ultron was at all like this in the comics, and he totally wasn't. He, he just was just like, and I he's will like, I am the fucking evolutionary fucking apex creation of Earth, and I totally deserve to destroy it, exterminate. Like he's practically a Dalek, right? Yeah. Like he's basically just like, I I'm am- better than you. Kill kill everyone and, mm-hmm. and yeah, and populate the planet with me. Not Sasbot James Spader. Yeah, and, and if you're gonna cast a sassy robot, why would you go for James Spader? Because of his performance in uh, The Office, the American version, where he was a sassy robot essentially. <laughs> I mean, he was fucking amazing in that. He was so funny. But like getting funny into the character of Ultron, I don't see the connection. Like maybe they just felt like it worked with Loki, so they should just try and do a similar are they gonna make similar jam. Ma- like, are they going to make Thanos sassy? <laughs> you know, I was like, no, but then you saw the end the, thing the, after the, the credits. Gauntlet yeah, yeah. If you want something done, you have to do, do it myself. yourself. I'm like, what? No, you're a freaking titan. Who? Oh. I don't you know. Finish Damn that it. thought because I, I don't know what he is. He is he is a titan who worships death. Okay. And again, sassy one-liners, completely unnecessary. Not his thing. Right. Like, what, how does he talk in the comics? Uh, I'm fucking Thanos and you're all dead. Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> like, you just are, like that. You are, hey, guys, I'm fucking. Thanos. Isn't there a thing where he kills you are like a quarter of all living uni- things? Half, half the, the universe. universe. Yeah. To impress death. Does it? Yes. Yeah. Death comes to hang out with him for a little bit. Death yeah. is like his buddy. And Mephisto is also like. No, she's she's a chick, and he wants to marry her. Yeah, I thought it's Mephisto weird. follows. Yeah, Mephisto's Thanos like, uh, okay, doke, I'll hang out with you. Mephisto's the one who just hangs yeah. out with him. He's like, yeah. uh, now, let's now, see how this plays out. Sassy Mephisto, I can, I can totally. get totally. Yeah. And and yeah, Mephisto in Marvel Comics is Satan. When we're saying, if you're not familiar, yeah. he's actually Satan. He's actually in charge of hell. So like, imagine a world where Thanos is so fucking badass and destructive that Satan's just like, huh. I'm gonna shoot this guy. <laughs> how about that? <laughs> How about I hang out here? Yeah. I just, I don't, I don't understand why it was needed thematically. It's kind of Joss's thing, though. Doesn't he write sassy villains? I think all the way through the Buffy era, like, that was a, (laughs) that's his jam. Yeah, but he could have. That had to, that had to have gone through several layers of editing, revision, consultation. But I think, but you don't think that Joss has enough, like, sway to be like, I really think it's going to work. And I mean, and financially it did. Right, like yeah, it's not yeah, like yeah. not like Age of Ultron. They, they're at one point eight billion, something like yeah, that, right some now. Yeah, some nonsense. So like, it just wasn't as good. It's just not going to be the one that people watch again. Yeah, but I don't think it was. I don't think it was care. ever going to be though. Yeah, 
Like yeah, it was. It could have like been. been. Like Guardians doesn't. Ronan the Accuser is not a freaking sassy villain. No. And Guardians of the Galaxy made a whack ton of money without the name recognition. And without, yeah. Less, but it much had less the sassiest power. of heroes. Sure did. <laughs> and you can have sassy heroes. You had freaking Tony Stark there. He's yeah. a sassy hero. Although he did have, there. did have my favorite weird little throwaway line in that opening thing where Tony Stark says shit and then like in like the the quick that are like watch your language shit like whatever watch your language and then Captain says watch your language no he he just says language language (laughs) and then it was just like and then they keep going through the like the the, the chatter over the speakers and then Tony's like can we go back to like a couple seconds ago when Caps (laughs) called me out for using potty language (laughs) and then the fact that it becomes a recurring joke and everybody like (laughs) when Fury shows up he's just sort of like Maybe uh, if I use the words I'm thinking of, it'll be like <laughs> too sensitive for Caps ears. It was once. You know? I thought that was a great running joke. It was. Which it was. That Except was that you knew at the end some shit would go down and then Cap would swear, it, and then he did. It was right. so fucking predictable. It, it made me sad that they actually did it. Also, Hawkeye having a family? That was so weird. It was kind of weird. Was it? I'm really glad they didn't get it. smashed. Yeah. I'm, like yeah. That would have made me... Like huh? Joss, that was unnecessary. Smashing the like Ultron didn't just show up and murder all of them. Bang! Ha ha! Joss, we know. Introduce loved ones immediately, kill them. Kill them. Yes, mm-hmm. that's the Joss. They're there though. I think that's what Joss was like. I might want to kill loved ones later. I'm gonna push them over here for now, <laughs> so that maybe later I kill them. That sounds like a Joss Whedon thing. Yep. I watched Oculus. 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 What is this? Oculus is a film. Released by WWE Studios, that has Back nothing to do with wrestling. <laughs> nothing to do with wrestling. I only found that it had to do with WWE Studios okay. during the credits. Oh I did God. not actually. Right. I just heard which wrestler is in it. None. What? There's only one vague throwaway line to the Levesque family being rich. What is, is Oculus? Oculus is a movie where someone from who I found out Doctor Who. Some I think she's like a companion or something. Mm-hmm. Anyway, this woman uh, has purchased a mirror. And it turns out that the mirror is haunted. Ooh. But where it gets kind of cool is that you find out that her and her her dad had purchased the mirror initially when she was a childhood. And her dad ended up fucking chaining her mom up in the room, mm. fucking killing her mom, then was going to kill her, and her little brother killed her dad in front of him. And then he Ouch. got taken away into a court-mandated psych ward, mm-hmm. and he, she just kind of like lived the rest of her life, and she's like, no, the mirror made Dad crazy, mm-hmm. and that's what happened. Because the mirror was evil. Because the mirror was evil. This is like a horror flick. This then. is a horror film. Uh-huh. Now, do you, uh, do you care about it, or what, can I spoil it? I think you can spoil it. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So here's the entire movie does like an excellent job of walking the line between is this – are they – is she crazy? Is the little boy crazy? Like, they talk a lot about the psychology of, like, little kids fucking rationalizing shit and, like, kind of, like, inventing these, like, stories or whatever. Like, the the son who's been into psychiatric care is all like, no, 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 they've explained this to me. Dad was just the worst. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> it wasn't a fucking magical mirror. Dad was cheating on mom, fucking killed mom, was going to kill us, and I stopped him. Like, right. that's what happened. The mirror is fucking lunacy. And the sister's like, no, no, no. It's totally the fucking ghost. And it keeps, like, bouncing back and forth. And then to the point where 
they're like the mom they keep going have these flashbacks of the mom going fucking crazy and keeps like thinking she's seeing things and the dad going crazy and the entire time it's walking this line of is are these people just like fucking all psychotic or are there ghosts interesting and for the first like hour and like maybe 10 minutes it's fucking really interesting kind of edge of the seat and you're like maybe they're going crazy and then there's ghosts and it drops then it's ghosts and not only does it drop the fucking ball it it takes place in a wrestling ring <laughs> no it's just that, like this, it, is, this is this is like a like a whole thing arena in the basement <laughs> yeah exactly yeah. not only that but it just every like there's like a part um where the the daughter is like running through all of the fucking weird uh, occurrences that have happened around the mirror like tracking it because mm-hmm. it's like it's a big fancy ass mirror so it's like it's belonged to rich people and it's like people tearing out their own teeth with fucking pliers and like all like someone who like died of dehydration in a bathtub because she just wasn't drinking someone just like fucking taking a hammer and smashing the shit out of her limbs but the right arm completely untouched because that's the hammer smashing that's arm. the hammer arm and stuff like, like all this like really fucked up stuff like a guy who fucking like bit into like live wires on a fucking train and stuff and you're like all these like cool grizzly setups and you're like sure. oh this is super cool but then all of those ghosts show up so now it's like fucking like run around ghost house there's 30 fucking ghosts and I'm like and I've stopped caring and this is dumb <laughs> like I don't understand why they just like drop the ball so hard they literally could have just like even you ruined my life mirror I'm trying, I'm trying to think give and me, give me another horror to... film that does this setup but like pulls House it on off. Haunted Hill no that that's terrible how it I like House like on Haunted Hill. Until, until you reveal the monster and it comes up and it's this floating <laughs> raw shark yeah, yeah. so like, here, like, Just oh. to, to give you the, the, the grand climax climax of the film. So one of their fail saves. So the thing is you can't destroy the mirror. Okay. Like there's like if you – people will like – like if you take a swing at it, mm-hmm. you'll smash the wall next to it and stuff like that. Like there's a part where they, they talk about smashing it. And then, like in the like, he's like, he picks up the chair and he's like, I could smash this, like, and blah 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 blah. And like, it's just like having this intense conversation. She's like, Why aren't you holding the chair anymore? And he's like, Just not holding it anymore. He just like put it down in the conversation. Right. And he's like, and like picks it up again. You know, like there's just like this subtle force that prevents you from smashing it. And she's like, I have this fail safe. It's a because fu- apparently the mirror can like control like electricity and shit. Like, it's kind of one of its things. Okay. They're like, It's a fail safe. It's a fucking analog kitchen timer that needs to be reset every thirty minutes. And it's like a fucking big weighted spike that will swing down and smash the mirror. Elaborate. Yeah, but they're like, this is the last step of failsafe because it's not electric. We have to reset it every 30 minutes. If we don't, the mirror gets smashed. Right. And they're like, and that's always always running and they keep resetting it and stuff like that. And the, like, the last sequence... Wait, why don't they want to smash it right away? Why are they aren't waiting they're 30 minutes? They're protecting themselves by having this death threat to the mirror, right? No, well... But also, the the daughter really wants to prove the fact that her father didn't murder his mom and try to kill her. Like, she really wants to believe that her father was under a supernatural force. So she wants to prove that there's a supernatural force Mm -hmm. to, like, exonerate her dad. Just smash a mirror and get on with your life. I I understand that. But I also kind of understand. But that's why, like, she's presented as a crazy person also. Like, she's not presented as rational whatsoever. So it's like nobody seems to be fully rational in it, which I thought was kind of, which was like kind of the hook where you're mm-hmm. like, oh, nobody's thinking clear. In this right. Like already nobody's thinking clear at the beginning of it. So anyway, and then like the sun fucking like spins the dial to make the weight smash on the mirror, but he's not aware of his sister standing right in front of it. 
Oh, snap. So ends up murdering his own sister and then getting, like, carted away. And that's, like, the big, like, whoa, ending. So, like, even that ending was cool. You just didn't have the run around the house of 30 ghosts part. And you would have had a cool fucking movie where... Was the CG good? Was it all CG? No, it was mostly practical effects. The ghosts even looked okay. Right. There was just no reason to have 30 of them all of a sudden. Like, if you had just left it, are they crazy? Are they not crazy? With some, like, cool zoom in, pan out. And Shots maybe in the mirror. Them, maybe them think like the Babadook, where there's kind like, of yeah, yeah, exactly. Maybe them seeing the ghost a little bit, but it's only ever the one that they see, right. you know. And it's just like if they'd played it like a lot more subtle instead of just like ghosts all around. Which I, and then I realized I was like that was also my problem with American Horror Story. I was just gonna say the end of American Horror Story season one, where it's just like You're like too this, many this ghosts. fucking fifty ghosts in the goddamn house. It's like too many cooks. Yeah. <laughs> No, except Too Many Cooks was a goddamn masterpiece, whereas American Horror Story Season 1 was merely great. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so anyway, yeah, Oculus, you guys. If you yeah. want to watch the movie... I don't know, man. As it soon sounds as like you go- just said don't watch the as fucking movie. As soon as movie. the ghosts show up, stop. <laughs> and then be like, or fast forward to the last Fast 15. forward to where he kills his sister by accident. <laughs> right. And now that spoiled the shit. This is the point where I would talk about It Follows if we had all watched it. Tune in next week. Tune in next week. For <laughs> It Follows. A horror movie worth watching. Yes. Closing thoughts, Scott. <clears throat> John. Yeah. Are we really done? This is it? We're yeah, yeah we're at the hour. Man. Oh, my God. I really want to talk about the election. I guess we'll have to save that for next time. Yeah, but we have so much time for the election. This is the longest election of all time. Yeah, but it's still only 40 days or something, and we're past 14 of them. So no, it's 60-something days. All right. Okay. Just about the election. Just it's yeah. not Don't October, use a man. Facebook quiz to figure out who you're voting for. Just don't do I it. I actually have, have looked at a lot of the issues, and there is one that I think is the most important issue of our time. And there's representational only, voting. It is representational voting, <laughs> and there's only one party who actually has a plan to put it into place. Yeah, yeah. So I like I I don't I don't want to go. Should I? Spoilers. Should? It's the NDP. We'll talk politics <laughs> next week on the night. Seriously, the election's not till October. We can yeah. have multiple podcasts about and this. I, th- I feel like we have to. It is so important that that we fucking get representational voting happening. It blows my mind. We're gonna talk all about this and more. It follows politics. Two weeks from now, nine five hundred games. Tune in. More wrestling talk. How about no. wrestling? <laughs> <laughs>